Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibiverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming. Host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic they make me feel polished and modern, and the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin, and so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands, and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z-ZIBBY20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white, open, long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Corny America. Check it out, Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Dot com and definitely check out those shows as well. Brooklyn Foster is the author of On Gin Lane. 
Brooke is an award-winning journalist whose articles have appeared in the New York Times, the Washington Post Magazine, the Atlantic, the Boston Globe Sunday Magazine, and HuffPost, among others. An alumna of the Writing Institute at Sarah Lawrence College, she's the author of three nonfiction books and the novels Summer Darlings and On Gin Lane. Welcome, Brooke. Thank you so much for coming back on Mom's No Time to Read Books to discuss On Gin Lane, a novel, which for people listening has one of the most gorgeous covers I have ever seen. So if you are somewhere where you can quickly Google this cover, On Gin Lane by Brooke Lee Foster, you should absolutely do so. Thank you so much for having me, Zibi. I'm so excited to be here. And you know, Summer Darlings, my first book had such an amazing cover, so I didn't think they could top it, but I, I actually think they did. (laughs) <laughs> That's true. I don't know. It's like the 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 gold, not that I even love gold so much, but this gold is so perfect and it reflects the light and this gorgeous picture and oh my gosh, it's just Yeah, it is. It's so shimmery. And you know, it's so interesting because they actually sent us, my editor and agent and I, 12 choices of different book idea covers. And all of us, like let's say this one was labeled number 10, all of us were like number 10, number 10, number 10. It just jumped out at us, the image, because it captured the story so well. There's a longing in the woman's face on the cover. Yeah. She's kind of looking out. And I think that really captures the longing of my main, my main character. Well, let's talk about Everly since we are going there already. Um, I kind of want someone to make me a hotel after reading this. I'm like, <laughs> some, like, what would my hotel look like? And like, yeah, I would agree with the throw pillows. Anyway, tell <laughs> listeners what, um, the, what the whole book is about. And then let's get into the characters. Sure, sure. So um, Anjan Lane is about a young debutante in the summer of 1957. She lives in New York City and her fiance whisks her off to Southampton for the weekend But when he gets there, he gifts her this fabulous oceanfront hotel, um, which she's utterly shocked by. And she and he announces they're going to stay the whole summer. So she's a bit ambivalent about that. She didn't really have a say. He just kind of decided they're going to stay there for the summer. Um, And after but she kind of comes around and after a um, pretty glamorous, I think you would agree, uh, grand opening party where Marilyn Monroe and Arthur Miller even make an appearance, the hotel burns to the ground. And the book is part a mystery of who burned the hotel down, but really it's the story of a young woman finding her voice at a time when women didn't really have a voice um, and kind of finding out that maybe this fiance of hers that she thought was Mr. Perfect is not so perfect after all. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> you never know. It's, true. it's true. And you know what? It's based on a true story. Um, so I got the idea for the book because I when I was researching a little tidbit in Summer Darlings, I was trying to find out where a young society woman would stay in 1962 if she was traveling to Chicago. And it turned out it was most likely the Palmer House Hotel on the Chicago Loop. And, you know, as as a journalist, as someone who loves historical fiction and, 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 you know, kind of going down the rabbit hole, I just started researching, um, you know, the story behind that hotel. And it turns out it has this really fascinating backstory where um, Potter Palmer, it's a little bit of a tongue twister. um, He was a wealthy businessman in Chicago back in 1871. And he built that hotel and gifted it to his fiance, who was a young socialite at the time, very glamorous herself, Bertha. And 13 days after the grand opening, the hotel burned down. So I filed that away because I just thought that's such a great plot, you know, but I'm here I am still working on Summer Darlings and my head is in a completely different island. I'm on Martha's Vineyard. I'm in a five years later, you know, 
Um, but when it came time to work on my second book, I just, that, that little nugget stuck with me. I just thought it would be great to take that idea from back in the 1870s and put it on a young Manhattan couple, go out to the Hamptons for the weekend, which is a place I love and know well from growing up fairly close by, um, and having him gift her a hotel. I mean, who gets to get gifted a hotel? I just thought it was so neat. And then to have it burned down, you know, it's like this image of perfection, which I think is runs rampant in the Hamptons, but really behind closed doors and those perfect picket fences, there's, you know, we all put our pants on the same way and there's all the same family drama and heartbreak and longing. Uh, it's just playing out in much bigger houses. So in this case, it plays out in a hotel until it burns down. Not to mention, it's not like, Everly felt like things were going so great anyway. Like she didn't even want to be in the Hamptons. Do you know what I mean? Like, woe is me kind of problem, right? But, you know, you feel for her because she wants to be near her parents and they had just been like working on this other house. And I think it sounded like she was mostly just happy that he wasn't that, what's his name? Ellery? Roland. Roland, sorry. Roland. Roland wasn't just like not working at all because she had been worried about that, right? That he was sort of- Right. She was worried that he didn't have a, you know, a really reliable job and she was getting ready to go to her because he's an, he was an architect, architectural major, but he wasn't building anything. And she was like, what is going (laughs) on? You know, and she's ready to go to her dad and say, can you give him some work? But, you know, she comes from a place where, you know, there's a couple of things going on with Everly. Her mother has been in and has struggled with mental health issues. Her mother is very depressed, has, you know, some psychiatric problems, and she's been in and out of the hospital. And I think as a daughter, Everly's really shouldered that burden. You know, a lot of us do that, I think, where we feel like we have to take on the problems of our family. And she's certainly done that, you know, always checking on her mom, worrying about her mom. Is her mom feeling okay? Is she going to go to lunch? Um, So going away for the summer is is scary to her because she's going to really be leaving her mother with her mental illness all alone. Um, but also there's the cultural, you know, there's the cultural factors at work at the time, the socioeconomic factors, which is like, you know, women at the time were pretty unhappy. You know, they were back in the home. They were in quiet, they were, um, encouraged to get a Mrs. Degree, meaning you went to college just to meet a husband. You know, there's all this pressure on Everly to be the happy homemaker and move into this house in Bronxville in the suburbs. Um, so yeah, so she, she's shouldering a lot when she gets out there for the summer. And I think when the hotel burns down, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, but it also becomes this opportunity for her to kind of unravel and separate a little bit from these pressures and problems she's, um, you know, been dealing with in her life. And she kind of finds a whole new path that summer. I really believe in the power of transformative summers. I don't know if you do too, Zibby, just from being out there all summer, but I feel like we wait all year in New York for our summers. And somehow from Memorial Day to Labor Day, I don't know that I necessarily change every summer, but I do feel different by the end of the summer. I come back with goals and ideas and you know, new ways of looking at myself. And I think Everly certainly does in this book too. I love that, the transformative nature of... Summer. I feel like that's an essay contest, you know? Yeah. Like you should you should ask people in, in the spirit of this, or maybe I should do that on Mom's No Time to Write or whatever it's going to be, you know, in the spirit of this, like what's a transformative summer experience or what's a summer where you really transformed? That'd be a great yeah. essay. Yeah. No, I would love to read those. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. Maybe we should do like author-related writing challenges. Oh, right? yeah. You know? Yeah. I used to do things like that on... um. Way back when I used to, not way back when, maybe like four years ago or whatever, I used to write for the Today Parenting community site and they would have like a challenge and then everyone would write and they would like post about the same topic, like step parents or I don't know, 
Yeah. Never mind. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent, but I'm no, like, no, no. I, I do kind of love loving my idea though. here. <laughs> no, I really love that though, because I mean, I can even think back on, you know, several summers at pivotal points in my life, whether it was when I first graduated college and was finding my way, like figuring out what the yep. heck I was going to do with my life. Right. Yep. I spent this summer trying to figure that out. I spent one summer. I remember working through like stuff from my childhood mm-hmm. where I remember by the end of the summer feeling like I had healed myself. Cause I've kind of gone there and then I've had summer romances, right. Where you spend the summer, totally. in love, you know, yep. there's so many, I would love to read. Oh my gosh. I could write so many summers. That would also be another, like a fun device for a memoir. You know, yeah. only yeah. writing about summers, right? Yeah. Essays about summer, yeah. summer yeah. eleven or something. Yep. Well, I, I mean, Ellen Hildebrand's twenty-eight summers. I feel like is a good example too. Oh yeah, right. Of course, multiple yeah. summers and having them add up to a larger. But that's story. fiction. That's fiction, right? Yeah. No, I'm right, kind of right. thinking as like personal essay. Yeah. No, I know. Gotcha. I don't know. Cool. Okay. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so that yeah. struck a chord. But um, all right. So we're we're going to launch an essay contest. Great. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> oh, a contest. Yeah. I guess it could be a contest. So we'd have a prize and everything. Yeah. Oh, this is even getting even more exciting. Yeah. Okay. Sure. What's our prize going to be? I need to be published, right? It, yeah, it would just that. Yeah. Published. Not like a trip yeah. to Southampton or something. <laughs> I mean, that would be amazing, right? A weekend there. Yeah. A weekend. Well, now we're really going crazy. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, this is fun. I like this. Um, all right. Let me think about some fun prize. I still think it should have something to do with the Hamptons, but definitely. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, well, anyway, so when you were writing this and putting yourself in Everly's shoes and everything about sort of the limitations of her voice, right? And her power and even the fact that she was like damaged goods because of this one horrific situation that had already happened to her. And like that at such a young age too, I mean, it's like ridiculous. Um, Like what if it was still like that? Like, where do you go? Like what, what would life be like if that hadn't been the case? I don't know. Like when you think about when you extrapolate Everly's all over the world and then realize that, that we don't have to live like that anymore. I don't know. Just talk I about know. That. You know, it's so funny because so I've been listening to um, authors and obviously talking to authors with a book coming out, and I feel like what's really interesting about this crop of books coming out right now is that we all wrote them during lockdown. Yes. So what ends yes, up so emerging true. is really, really interesting, right? Because it's either what we fixate on as people yep. or what was saving us at the time as people, and there's all these time travel books that came out, right, that aren't science fiction. Um, and, you know, I remember being interviewed for Summer Darlings back then. I think it was by the Washington Post. And it, he was saying, like, do you think you'll ever write a book set in the present day? And I was like, no, because I'd much rather go back in time, um, especially at this moment. So writing historical fiction during the lockdown was really like a saving grace. Right. But for me, when I was thinking about that question, like what emerged in my writing from that time, I came back to this one quote that's in Anjan Lane, where so Everly ends up meeting this celebrity photographer like person kind of, I, I, I relate her to almost like an Annie Leibovitz of, of the mm-hmm. time. And because Everly's dream is to really get in touch with her, you know, photography and, and maybe pursue it, but she's always been discouraged and embarrassed. Um, but she is encouraged by Arthur Miller um, and Marilyn Monroe to kind of visit this artist colony in Sag Harbor that I daydreamed up. Um, <laughs> and, and she goes and she meets 
hooked up with this woman named Starling who, um, you know, started taking pictures in the forties when a lot of the men were away from the war. But then when men came back, when her husband came back, she kind of refused to go back to domestic life. And Everly's kind of working through, you know, as at work one day, she gets a job working for her. Sorry, I forgot that part. And she's at work and they're just kind of talking about, you know, what she should do with her life and, and, and moving forward. And Starling kind of looks at her and she says, you know, you only get one life and you get to do whatever the hell you want with it. Yep. And I love that line. I mean, I know I wrote it. (laughs) I found it so empowering. That's kind of what I was telling myself, right? That we all have this one life and we get to decide the rules of this life. We don't, we don't have to, and this is fine. It was a long way to answer your question, but the the point is, is that, you know, there's rules all over. We even set limits on ourselves. We tell Mm -hmm. ourselves what we can and can't do. Society tells us what we can and can't do, but that's not true. We decide in the end, it's all about our own choices and finding our own voice and, and, you know, path forward. And that's what, that's really what I wanted to show. And I think in lockdown, that's what I was kind of obsessed with was all these rules and, you know, things of what we could and couldn't do, but in, in the, in the present moment, but then larger, you you know, the larger idea that we were, I was suddenly reassessing my own life, you know, here I am as a mom teaching school. You remember how it was, you know, we were all kind of getting through it, but, you know, moving forward, like I get to live on my own terms. So that was kind of author working through character there. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. I love it. Author empowerment moment. (laughs) Exactly. My, my character's teaching me, right? Well, because we're always working stuff out in our writing. Totally. Um, I feel like everybody should have, they should have like novel therapists or something. You know what I mean? Like, or like, or just sessions where like you just read someone's book and then you can like have, you know, well, what about this theme? You know? Yeah. And it's so interesting because as a writer, you often don't even know you're working something out, you know, Mm -hmm. like I, I didn't even think about that until yesterday, this idea that maybe I was working through something during that time when I was writing it, because so much of it comes out without us realizing it. It's so deep down in the subconscious. You know, I turned in my third book to my agent recently and she was like, oh, this is so interesting. It's, you know, carrying on this idea of women finding their voices and, you know, women being restrained with all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, I I just was writing the characters. (laughs) I didn't even see it. I, I, I was like, oh, it's really good. I'm glad you saw that. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Give a little more description of this next book, please. If you can. So, I, okay, so th- this book was so much fun to write. It takes place in 1967 and 1977. And it's about two friends who one is a local, um, kind of, you know, a local girl out in East Hampton and her mother just died. And the other one is a uh, summer girl who comes out from the city with her family. And there's kind of that same dynamic of, um, you know, rich girl, poor girl, which I just love. Um, And it's about their friendship and a secret they keep for 10 years and the two of them grappling um, with it. But, and, and kind of re, you know, coming back together and, and trying to face it. But, but it was such great fun to write because 1967 and 1977 out in the Hamptons was just a really fascinating, you know, it was, you're moving up in time. You know, you have Andy Warhol throwing his parties out there and you have the Rolling Stones at the, at the Memory Motel in Montauk. And, you know, the music was really interesting. And there's this one point in the book where, um, they go to the drive-in movie in Bridgehampton and they're seeing Star Wars because Star Wars released in the summer of 1977. So, um, so it's been great fun. It's funny because my first book took place in Martha's Vineyard, which I love that island to pieces. Um, and, and this book, um, Jen Lane is in East Hampton, South Hampton, Bridgehampton. And I couldn't leave it for the third book. I wasn't <laughs> ready. I was like, you know what? I've had so much fun interviewing people and being out there and, and, and telling a story in the past out there. So I wasn't ready to leave it. Um, so it's also set out there. Well, I have to say, I started going to East Hampton in 1979 when I was just three years old. Oh my so, god! Yeah, uh, I was. I was not there. I think we went to like Pound Ridge or something, and when I was just born. But yeah, I've been out there forever. As I think I told you, I th- did you talk to my stepfather or something about? Yes. Oh my gosh, I talked yeah. to your stepfather and I interviewed him about what it was like because you know, so many. I'm sure you heard the same thing from your family as I heard from my family, which is they would always be like, God, we miss how it used to be out here. You know, it's always like it was a better time if you were to, yes. out in the Hamptons, if you went back in time. And the truth is it was just different, you know? I mean, it was, it was different in, in some ways, but it was similar. Like there was always like your stepfather was like, there was always traffic, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always it, was not, it was not like there wasn't traffic, but yeah. you know, back then when I was doing my research, you know, there are parts of Meadow Lane in Southampton when you say you were to go down um, toward Cooper's Beach, but turn right toward Meadow mm-hmm. instead of Gin. Gin. All of that. There were no houses there back then in, in, in 1957 when I'm writing about it. you could ride your bike down that road and just look at the ocean and the bay, which I thought was so neat. Because now if you go down that stretch of road, there's all of these gorgeous houses. But, you know, you can't see the ocean. You can only see a little bit of the bay. Um but yeah, and there was a racing track out in Sag Harbor. Yes. That's how a golf course. Yes. Yeah, no, I've been there many times. It's so cool. Um, yeah, they, and they've preserved the heritage of that too at the bridge. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, it's so cool, right? Yeah. And then the, the, the um, I remember interviewing someone else who was telling me that there was a dress code in Southampton back then. So um, the woman I interviewed was saying her mom ran to the market to pick up groceries, but she was wearing hot pants and a blouse. And a cop came up to her and was like, ma'am, you're gonna have to go put some clothes on or I'm gonna have to give you a ticket. You know, it's just so fun to think about that time back then. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, there was just something so like wholesome and simple. I don't know, this longing for the way it was 
Yeah. I don't know. Like there was like the the candy store and the news company that sold all the newspapers. And I don't know. It was just yeah. it was so it was already so different from life in the city, right? Like right. so it, it's not even like it was truly that like it was frozen in time before. Yeah. yeah. So now it's even anyway, whatever. But yeah. I um I mean, there's a joke. I don't know if you got to this part in the book, but I have a joke where, you know, the two friends are chatting about all these people. They, you know, they built this, her fiance built the hotel in part because he wants to be able to bring more people out from the city. And her friend jokes and is like, the last thing I want to do is vacation with, you know, everyone from the city at the beach. And I just got a chuckle out of that because that's what we all do, right? Like we all go out there now and we hang out on the beach with our, but you know, back then in 1957, it wasn't necessarily the case. It was the case for some people, but um, but that wasn't the culture. It wasn't that everyone out there was from the city. Right. Wow. So. Um, amazing. Well, are you going to spend time out there this summer? <laughs> I am. So we have a house on the North Fork. So that's where we are. And my family's in Montauk. Um, so I'll be out there a lot and I'm doing some, I'm doing the author's night in East Hampton. Oh, me too. Oh yeah. That's what I was hoping to be. I was oh, hoping good. To be person. Yeah. Yes. We're going to email you about that. So yeah, I'll be out there for that. But yeah, I go all the time. You know, I, I'm always like taking the ferry over from Shelter Island and the Shelter Island over to Seg Harbor. And I love the beach down at the end of Ocean Road in Bridgehampton. And I have all these, um, you know, restaurants I like to, you know, we all have our summer spots that we, that yes. we try to get to. So yes, I will well, be out there all summer. We should uh, try to meet up out there or something. That'll be fun. I would love that. I would. Yeah. Um, so what are you finding yet to be different? I know this is, you know, early days and all, but from Summer Darlings in this book in terms of anything you've learned or like what you're going to implement either like on the tactical marketing side or just like from an author's, you know, emotional standpoint with the launch and all of that. Well, not to focus on when Summer Darlings came out, but Summer Darlings came out in May, 2020. So um, I didn't do one in-person event for Summer Darlings. So for this book, it's been really exciting to get out and talk to people in person. You know, the journalist in me, I love to go out and talk to people. So um, just giving an in-person talk and having an event and then having people come up to you afterwards and getting to know them and hearing their story. And I mean, I absolutely, I, I love that. Um, the other thing is, I just feel like I have this group of author friends now who are so kind and so willing to help me get the book out there, um, which is something I didn't have with Summer Darlings. I was really the new person, the new kid on the block. Um, so that's been really, really nice. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. I, I don't, I don't have any tactical and probably should have more tactical. No, uh, no, that was great. Ideas that was about exactly. things, but um, yeah, no, I just, I'm, I'm always just so excited to put the book out and I've, I'm exhausted. I mean, I feel like I've done nothing but think about this book for a week straight and next this week too. So um, it is exhausting to put out a book, but it's also so exciting. You know, you're doing the same thing right now. So yeah, this has been different because it's like so personal, you know, having a memoir come out, like it is just so, it you know, is. every conversation is like, I had this one interview yesterday. It was like, she only wanted to talk about all the the grief and loss at the end of it. I was like, this is so, this is Uh, just hard. Like, you know, I, like I, you don't necessarily want to stop your, your busy life to talk about like the saddest things in your life. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's true, but you know what? It's that I know exactly what you're talking about because I've written, written a lot of first person essays, but people hone in on what they relate to. And then that's what they want to talk to you about. 
Yeah. You know, so it's like, you're going to have to go, you have to go there. Oh, no, it's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously happy to do it, but it's just like, it's emotional. It's It's emotional. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. No, I get it. Anyway, but, um, but I like emotional, so that's good. And I'm so excited. So it's, it's all good. I'm not complaining. Um, yeah, totally. uh, And, and you're learning the trans, you know, the transformative power of your own words, which is that people are going to read your work and feel something and it's going to change the way they see themselves, which is as a writer, that's all we hope we can do, right? Is, is teach something. So yeah. it has been so nice. I've started getting like emails because I really wanted people, I've always loved to write authors. And so I just put my, like an email in the book and now I like, I like make myself do it. My other emails and I'm like, then I can scroll down and see if anybody Aww. wrote. I know it's so funny. <laughs> that's so funny. That's so nice though. I get that. Um, okay. Well, writing contest, I'm going to email you about this because I'm hundred okay. percent want to do this. Yeah. I think it'd be I'm so going to think about it too. Yeah. And, maybe uh, it's a gurney's, maybe we can get gurney's to donate a weekend or something. Or maybe even just like, you know, a fun lunch at St. Ambrose and Southampton and people could like drive back or whatever, wherever. Uh, oh, that's you know? a good idea. Yeah. We don't have to, com- you know, we don't have to commit a whole weekend. Yeah. You just, um, let's just like do lunch one on like a weekday or something. I don't know. We'll figure something that's out. That's true. Yeah. Right. Actually, we could do lunch with me and you and the winner. Oh, let's do that. Yeah. Perfect. That would be fun. Yeah. I'm in. In Southampton. In Southampton. On Gin Lane. We'll meet on Gin, on Gin Lane. <laughs> we, we have to for a photo op, but I don't think yeah. we can eat there. No, we could, but you know, we'll, we'll stand under the sign like you did on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, perfect. Okay. Well, that's fun. Thank you so much. It was great chatting with you and I'll, I'll be seeing you soon. <laughs> hey, I'm no exciting. All right. Thanks, Dibby. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 